Hey, what's good, everyone? It is Samir from Beat Final Podcasts. Hope you're all well. Just taking this quick time to uh, make a little shout out to our sponsors. Definitely recommend this one. Check it out. This podcast is sponsored by the Music Producers Guild of New Zealand, Aotearoa. The Music Producers Guild is an advisory service that assists and empowers our music producer industry here in New Zealand. Members get personalized contracts for their music production, free Serato Studio Sample and DJ Pro, access to discounted audio equipment and software, and advice from industry professionals. Buy your plugins through the Music Producers Guild website to help support us all in growing our community. For more information and to sign up as a member, please visit www.mpgnz.co.nz. Huge shout out to the Music Producers Guild of New Zealand for sponsoring Beat Fino. Super, super stoked to be able to share such a positive, positive driving force for New Zealand music on the world stage. Uh, please check them out. Super stoked to be uh, in the guild myself. And I know for a lot of you guys wanting to take their music to the next level, uh, super, super honored to have this opportunity to be around the industry professionals and uh, soak up all the benefits. Back to here to the podcast. Thank you so much all for uh, hanging in and enjoying this testimony so far. Feel free to uh, pop a little message in to our page. Let us know how you've enjoyed this podcast. And stay tuned for more B-Fino episodes. But here, back to the podcast. Here on B-Fino Podcasts. Sweet. Welcome everyone to B-Fino Podcasts. Uh, for, we've, we've given up on numbers now, so we're just going with the flow. And this week we have Camo MC. How you doing, my bro? Yo, what up? What up? What up, Fenolem? Oh, what's good? What's good? So, man, we, we finally made it here. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's been a great little journey on the way. And it's actually been like this for quite a few cats, bro. Because, like, as you know, um, catching people, especially coming back into, like, back into gig life and all that it's definitely like a jigsaw so um so yeah to kick things off my man how's everything going uh really good my bro yeah really good um lots going on lots of lots of music lots of exciting stuff uh lots of self-work in between being a dad living life and just embracing the moment my g bro yes bro oh man now nah. Now it's super cool to like, like I call this beat Fano for a reason, bro. And it's because it's like, uh, my heart is with Fano, like people who do music and also um, are into family. So it's so awesome that you're a, an amazing Kiwi dad. And I, I, I believe Kiwi Kiwi dads are the best sort of dads. <laughs> if we're not being too no, biased. No, right? <laughs> yeah, man, it's definitely an interesting um it's quite a polarizing lifestyle between like kind of being on the road, that kind of rock star lifestyle and having like the quite wholesome, earthy, rootsy life of just being your, your dad, the dad, you know, like, so, um, but I like it, man. I get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Hard, bro. And now we've actually had a few dads already on and it's super cool. And, um, by sure a few mums there too so yeah man um before we kick into the journey and stuff my bro um yeah I, I i thought we'd better not forget um we'll be touching later on on the show about some cool sort of stuff that's been happening bro but um but yeah sort of 
sort of as we get into the journey, my man, um, have you always been into music as a kid or what was the sort of entry for you getting into it all, bro? I was kind of more on the creative writing side as a kid. Like I actually wrote um, and directed a play when I was like nine years old and got my whole class to do it at assembly. Um, so like I, and I was, I wanted to be a cartoonist. So I was doing like cartoon drawing. So I've always been creative. Uh, the music kind of came later on. Like, I mean, the first, my first experience of like alternative music was at high school when my bro gave me a couple of tapes and CDs that were like Nirvana and like Foo Fighters. Before then, I'd kind of just listened to what the radio had, had churned out. Um, but it was a cool era of music through the 90s into the early 2000s, you know, um, with rock, metal, hip hop and like everything was starting to like fuse together, you know, so it was a cool, a cool time. So yeah, man. So yes, it's quite cool. You, you sort of started out with a bit of um, writing there, and then eventually got into the music side, my bro. Which is quite quite a similar thing to me. I was kind of more into computers, and music didn't hit me initially. But uh, I I had my parents <laughs> notice I was always on the computer, and eventually I got grounded for the computer. So. Right, music, the radio, yeah, like even the TV got off me. So I was like, there was nothing left except the radio. And then that's literally how it all started, eh? <laughs> yeah, I used to listen to radio a lot when I was like in my teenage years, when I was kind of going, you know, I guess I was like a little bit lonely and going through some stuff. And like a lot of ways, like the radio announcers and the music kept me company and kept me through a lot of harder times when I was in those teenage years. So, I sort of started becoming obsessed with radio as well, um, which led me into studying radio straight out of high school and having a real passion for media. Um, and also, like, when I was at high school, a lot of me and my mates were into, like, making movies and, like, funny clips and stuff like that, you know? So, like, the creativity's always been there for sure. Wow, super cool, bro. Now, I can't forget, man. I um I remember first hitting you up when I was a little kitty, man. I was uh I was probably <laughs> a little nipper of 12, 13. And so that's almost that's pretty much 10 years ago now. But um, yeah, that was that was that was your little thing in palmy, bro. So I was I was looking at getting into radio, and I think at the time you were the station manager at Radio Control, yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah, um, you were doing you told me you were doing something from home. You were doing like a radio show from home. And I was kind of, because like, yeah, we were trying to fill up the spots. There was a lot of blank spots at Radio Control at that point, you know, and I was trying to get some more shows in there. And I think we were putting it out there to people that we wanted shows as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had this little young homie. I was like, I was quite taken aback. I was like, yo, what do I do here? Like, this brother's quite a kid, you know? Like, he wasn't <laughs> <laughs> not your average pub doing, not your average you messy and you student. <laughs> I remember specifically saying, like, I'm not from Messi, but I still want to show because my friend's brother, brother, you know, he's got a show. So it's like, yeah, man, I was pretty keen from the get go. <laughs> we had good times at Radio Control. One of my funniest memories is we used to do this thing, and I'm not actually sure if this was is legal or not to this day, but the, the breakfast host, we did this thing called the Daily Hustle. And we had like the Rick Ross tune where it's like, every day I'm hustling, like that loop. 
And then he would ring up because he was a student. We'd ring up places like Cadbury's or like um, uh, Bluebirds, and he'd ring up and be like, "Yo, um, I got a packet of chips from you guys, and it's only like half full." And he'd try and like scam them for free food. <laughs> and I back on it, and I'm like, "Man, we did some loose stuff on Radio Control, but you know, I like I like my time in Palmy. It's a different, it's different up there, you know, because like it's different to others." unis because you got a lot of like ag and vet students you know it's not your typical uni crowd out there but i gotta say man like the drum and bass scene up there at the moment seems to be popping man like it's going crazy eh that's it bro that's it it just it was like one thing led to another and there was a lot of the right people in the right place uh yeah so so it's very exciting in fact uh, this would have to be the first drum bass gig I've had and it's only because of how big drum and bass is here that it's you know led me to even get get asked to do a show you know open up for the um the big legends themselves Boo and Ben Snow it's like wow like this is oh you're doing a DMV set bro I've, I, you know like I literally got onto like DJ telling myself I'd only do house and I eventually got into like trap stuff and then yeah I mean I done, done mostly just the old club bar top 40 stuff and then like to actually get an opportunity to really dig like deep dive into some like man you know it's like there's a lot of people in Palmy like really uh coming together to hone in on something that brings people to give it like in such a specific style you know most of the time you only get crowds of like your top 40 stuff so it's like it's very exciting times here eh even when I was up there, like, and I did a show, I've done some shows over the last 10 years, and DMB just hasn't popped. Like, I don't think it's been since, like, the early 2000s or, like, 2005, five six that there's been a really solid, solid DMB scene in Palmy. Uh, Mr. Hughes was all right. The old Mr. Hughes, like, one room, you got a karaoke thing, then you got pool, and then you got, like, DMB frothers. Palmy <laughs> 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 throwback. But, like, it's just good to see, like, because I know um, the Kick On Records guys, you know, and now there's, like, labels starting. And, like, it doesn't surprise me there's a drum and bass label starting in Palmy because, like, Palmy's got a very rich music history, you yeah. know? Um, and that's something I learned when I was working at Radio Control is how much and, and connecting with people like Cam Locke, like Mr. Jenkins and the local crew and them, like, educating me on how much music has really come like the indie scene and the hip-hop scene and like so much you know yeah exactly now nah, shouts to the uh jenkins cameron says to star amazing for me as a little nipper growing up how much he sort of <laughs> helped me uh get my feet on the ground yeah. but also laid down a couple groundworks when i was uh getting into djing so hey man like you better not be just pirating tunes i'm like oh yeah i am but they're all the this was like house remixes so like the only way to get them was technically free downloads but he still had such a point in terms of just humbling me and, and making me realize the bigger picture of like hey i can't just willy-nilly think i'm the top shit just DJing and, and what, actually all these people really like cultivated deep fresh you know just some palmy legends who uh, really fresh, legend, right? yeah really yeah. found me and helped me yeah like see things like a bigger picture and i think Tope, like you know hand on heart to all of them it's the whole reason i really started to get more into production and, and things where i'm giving back and um but yeah like like you said there's just 
there's kind of that rich palmy history of music, eh? Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to be coming back. Well, I had mixed I had mixed experiences in palmy, but you're gonna get a bit of that in any town you go to. You're gonna have your haters, but you're gonna but you always remember the people that were there for you and the people that supported you over your haters. You know, like at the time the haters stink, the negative stings, but when it comes back to it, it's the stuff like you said that's like close to your heart and that Fano, you know, to bring it back to the podcast and the family that that really um, stands by you. And like, yeah, I had some, I had some really good times. And for me, like coming back to Palmy and being brought up by like a whole new generation, like that's cool for me. Like that means like, I'm transcending generations of people listening to my music, which is like. It's, it's such a blessing and it's something that not every artist gets to experience, you know? So I'm very blessed for that. 100%, bro. Yeah, and and uh, sort of turning back now um, from the whole journey for you, it's actually been quite a few years now and um, I don't know if you've even kept count, but like you've part of it's just just not, not, not even focusing on it. It's just like the fact music sponsors with you, it, it, like it'll just catch you out no matter what. You'll 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 be you'll try to be doing something else or try to do the old day job, but there's still music like it just it's just there for the rest of your life, eh, bro? <laughs> yeah, well, I started. I was actually thinking about this the other day because I'm working on a song, and it's called um, "Drum and Bass Saved My Life," and it's talking about um, it's on an EP I'm working on, and it's it's talking about my early days and. Um, you know, and it's talk, it talks about how I connected with my bros because I, I was I would literally like host in between bands originally. Like I was that's how I started like hosting, and then eventually I started writing rhymes. And because like English was my strong point, drama at high school, and then I actually like I fell in love with drum and bass music, and then I had to get clean and sober because I had I had a bad habit, you know, like so. Um, and so in the middle of like me falling in love with drum and bass, I had this like addiction that I had to face and did like a intensive outpatient program. So I did a, a rehab where you turn up three times a day. And it then, cause I studied radio all these years ago, what I did was I, I was so lost and I couldn't work and I was finding myself again. So I volunteered at RDU down here in Christchurch and, and that's when I, the and I started picking up the mic. And those are the two things that really built the Camera MC brand. And I remember my bros, like they got dicks and they were like some new mark, like they were average. And I went and got like a $30 mic from the rock shop. Um, and I was like, yo, I'm going to be the MC. You guys are the DJs. And it was literally like we'd go shopping for vinyl because there was no CDJs back then. There was no, you know, USBs. There was no CDs. With tuned, there were CDs obviously, but yeah. not for DJing. And we would go to the, we'd go purchase the vinyl, we'd listen to the tunes and search through the vinyl and choose them as a crew and build our sets together, you know, and just mm. the excitement of getting new tunes. And then, like, eventually, our first gig we did at a homie's uh, 21st, right? And yeah. it was like somewhere in the hills in Christchurch, and he had the typical 21st, he had a ute with like the whole ute was full of alcohol. Um, and it was like everyone was smashed and like our bro someone brought the decks like real late like the decks arrived real late and yeah. by the time they got here everyone was so smashed including one of my DJs 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Including one of our DJs to the boat. Yeah. And he was so drunk, and this is our first set, that he yeah. was just letting whole tunes like play out. He couldn't mix. And then I got on the mic and like I forgot all my bars, like all my <laughs> lyrics just like out of my head. <laughs> all I could say was everybody move your body, make your body bounce. Everybody move your body, make your body count. And I just kept repeating this hook. And all my mates were so drunk at that point, they were just like, ah, yeah. you know, but like we literally yeah. did it because we loved it. And mm. I haven't stopped doing it for that. You know, it's just progressed. Like, it's always yeah. been about the drums with the bros, you know, and it's mm. and now to be able to travel the country doing what we were doing, like 15 years, bro. 15 years is how long I've been representing on the mic. Yeah. Which is crazy. Which yeah. is crazy. Wow, that is actually quite a quite a like a time for you to reflect and, and see how the journey is is so much more fruitful when you sort of just you, it's 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 kind of just in you. So like when 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 you have your ups and downs, yeah. it's like, well, <laughs> this is like what I tell people is just turning the page. Like you, you still love jamming, like that's not going to change. And so you, when you turn the page and be like, well, <laughs> we're pretty drunk, but we're like we love music, so we're still doing this. And then you just come up with stuff like this. It's like that's the power of music. Is like like things just happen and on their own that really just like make you think wow this is the power of music you know yeah yeah, yeah. and like it, one of the cool things like speaking of like the power of music like recently i had a friend that was like i've got a fan of yours can you meet her please and of course i can't meet all my fans all the time it's not realistic but because she was a friend of a friend we linked up and she told me this woman had epilepsy right and when she would have like an epileptic fit it was my churn light up with octopi that would help bring her out of that in-between phase after she came out to the fit to coming back to reality. And it was the song she would put on every time. And I was just like, Ooh. this is crazy, you know, like something that I created, you know, and like it's kind of those moments that you remember, like it's awesome having the crowds and like these rock star moments, you know, like uh, everyone's screaming your name and that. But like when you hear that stuff, it's like, wow, this is really what it's about, you know, connecting with other humans, you know? Yes. That's special. That's special. Yes, my very a hundred percent. Oh, and it's it, it makes it makes you sort of like start to realize there's some things you can't put a price on eh? and that's that's probably most the most biggest gem we've had some huge gems on beat finder but that's that's another one because i think too often um you know there's still that that sort of traditional you know like from your parents there's an expectation to to sort of feel the need to actually live a life that wouldn't wouldn't really help society as much as it would um yeah make us forget about people and i think sometimes yeah like the ability to just take a time take a moment and say no i don't need to live for money or all this job stuff or but i actually need to live this this life to be an impact on someone like because that that might be more you bet you you could save someone's life i can't put, I, I couldn't put a million dollars or a billion dollars on like the power of saving someone's life and i don't think anyone else could you know it's like it's stuff like that eh, bro? yeah man and like 
it's it's kind of cool the, that to just be yourself and be honest and be real and then have people be able to connect to that. And there's something beautiful in that. I've never really been, um, I've never really been focused on money. And I've kind of, for a while there, I was like a serial studier. Like I didn't want to get a job. So I was like jumping from course to course. (laughs) (laughs) And all my bros have been like, out of like my old school friends grew out of high school, all of them, they went straight into work and I studied radio. Then I studied audio uh, music. And then I, I actually wanted to be a DJ originally and i went to my um wins case manager at the time bro and i was like i want to be a dj and they were like oh you need to do this course like i don't know if it would be the same if you went to wins today and said i want to be a dj (laughs) they had this system for young people called active at wins at the time uh Mm -hmm. the current labor government with um not the current one the labor government with helen clark it was an initiative they must have set up um and then i went and did this course right and um so I tried and like, it was kind of like, you know, the term a cab course, it's not a very good term. It's like, it's like a course, but it's like, there was a lot of like, kind of like, how do I put this out? Like, it was kind of like hood rats and like, yeah. troublesome, like, <laughs> and like, I was like 19, I was a lot older. They were like 14 mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, they were like, do you smoke pot? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And they, they kind of linked up like that. And then yeah. Harry, and they were like, oh, you're pretty cool for an old guy. And I was only like, no, I tried to learn like, um, I, I went, we went on learning on instruments. And my bro who was our tutor was actually a guy called Poss. And he's connected with a crew called uh, Pacific Underground. Um, and they were connected with like Oscar Kitely, like Naked Samoans. Um, he also like Dallas Tomida from uh, Fat Freddy's and also Marlo, Scribe, King Capisi. They were all, they've all got, uh, Lady Sixes have all got connections to Pacific Underground. So Poss is at, Poss is one of these guys, right? We're at a gig and it was Fat Freddy's and they were like, um, we've got a special guest and it was Poss. Like he was special guesting on Fat Freddy's set playing guitar, man. Like, and that's, yeah, yeah. Special. So he was like my first tutor and he kind of had this tough but loving way with like the hood rats and he would be like, and I mean hood rats in the most unjudgmental, loving way. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> undeniable, um, and, undeniable, yeah. <laughs> he, he would be like, you know, he would he'd be firm with them. But I, I started learning the guitar and I'm not very good hand-eye coordination. So I struggled with doing instruments and then I ended up on the bass and like I played bass in my band um, and RIP the brother Cisco is our drummer tragically passed away last year or early this year. But um, we did like November rain and like blind spot nil by mouth. And anybody that knows those songs, they are very simple on the bass um, and then my tutor, the assistant tutor was actually MC and we would kick it and freestyle at parties and stuff. And I, I ended up just picking up on the rap stuff more, but it, I learned about like music structure and networking and lots of things. Mm. But, um, it was funny when I saw Poss years later, I was like, I'm an MC now, bro. And he's like, I'm glad you put down the bass. <laughs> Bro, that is like like seven. But like 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 you said, and then I did like a TV course. I did like a a course that was like moldy moving images. So I was part like Ted Kunga Moldy and 
I just started doing courses and courses. And then, like I said, I went for rehab because I was trying to party while studying. Yeah. Mm. And then I ended up just volunteering for years, like doing radio and like slowly but surely now I'm like a full-time dad, you know, I can't work during the week because my son's autistic and I'm, I'm his dad. I'm, I'm, I'm his full-time carer about, well, me, it's split parenting, but I have him a lot of the time during the week and he's in between. He's not doing much school at the moment, which we're working on, but music and media is slowly still building as a career, you know, and I'm 37. Like, I think like it's important to build something in your life that fulfills you. And I'm never going to be rich, 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 because I'm not, I'm too giving. And to be super rich. Exactly. (laughs) Sometimes it's about knowing the reality of your heart. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. (laughs) Me too. Rich people are tight. You know, exactly. and I'm not trying to <laughs> Exactly. You can tell, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you go down to, like, uh, was it China or something? He's still the same guy. It's just like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, exactly right. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I, I feel you on that, brother. Yep, that's a clear sign. We're never going to be rich. But, <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> I actually just gave someone a $20 note before we started this. Yeah, I got you. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so as we were saying, so we're both quite giving people away. <laughs> sounds- yeah, like I've just kind of like, I'm a lifestyle person, you know, like, and my goal is to see the world and I want to see like different cultures and how they react to music and my music. And I've always, my reason for starting music was to get big enough that my music got, helped me see the world, you know, so I didn't have to pay to travel. And to be honest, like I've been like on and off the benefits studying over the years. And I've got to see like the whole country thanks to music, you know, um, and, and um, I may or may not have something um, brewing in uh, Taupo uh, yeah. at the moment, which I'm exciting because I've never performed there. It's not locked in yet, so, but, hey, you know, yeah. it's an exclusive maybe for your podcast. Yeah, exclusive exactly. maybe. <laughs> I, I kind of, like, have got this thing where I want to play, like, everywhere in New Zealand, not like the small, small towns, like, yeah, um, Ashes, but, like, yeah, yeah, or like Buddy Fort, but all the like, yeah, you're the town towns. Yeah, yeah, bro. Wow. Yeah, man. Oh, bro, I think I might be wanting to do the same thing now you mentioned it because it's like one of those things you can't like, like being able to look back on something like that. It's like, I like to think of life like, man, it's just a big bucket list day. Eh? <laughs> like, yeah, like just do it, hey, because you're going to die before you know it. Just like do it, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like I, I got to play Rotorua, which was uh, a couple of years ago, which I really wanted to do. And um, I, I really, it was, I said to, um, I was on a date with a girl, and I was like, you know, I really want to perform in Invercargill, and she's <laughs> like, why do you want to go to Invercargill? Like, and I was like, well, I just want to go and perform down there. I don't want to like have a like week long holiday in Invercargill. I just want to go in and perform and see what it's like down there and see yeah. what the crowd is, you know, and like see what the vibe is, experience it. 
because I love seeing the cultures and hearing their stories and seeing the local scene. And we're actually talking about like me and my DJ, we really want to do like a, like maybe a TV series or like a vlog style thing where we travel around the country playing these towns and like talking to people and hearing their story, you know, like, so, um, watch the space. Yeah. Yeah, Watch the space. Oh, it's exciting, man. Oh, bro. Man, I'm, uh, I'm certainly on the same, um, cope up about man like every like tick off every town like just 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 because man just what i want an experience and then i mean like let's not speak too soon but you know traveling the world with music i i i see it brother <laughs> it's exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. yeah. yeah well, i've had and like obviously travel is not an option at the moment but i've really had a lot of people i've kind of the beautiful thing is because the world's kind of stopped you know in some ways so it's given everyone this opportunity because their lives have slowed down to notice talent on the other side of the world so for me it's been really good to connect with labels and artists that might not have recognized me or seen me because they've been busy touring or busy performing but because they're not doing that um i've been able to connect with a lot of artists and promoters around the world and been making music like i've got music i've got like canadian family i work really closely with i'm working with some labels in canada toronto and uh like the united states working with mcs over there one of the djs i did a mix with in the united states is um this is a buzzy one uh, you know cheech and chong well his dad is um cheech marin from cheech and chong joey mojo yeah he's, he's joey joey marin cheech oh. marin is his dad Wait, is that a, a fill me and teach? I, I I must be sleeping on the rock here to the other bit. You are young. You are too young, my bro. You are too young. So Cheech and Chong are like the biggest like stoner duo from like the 60s. Wow. You probably might recognize like Tommy Chong was in like that 70s show. Well, yeah, that just, I just googled them now, and I, I it's definitely it's faces I recognize, but it's just not it's not music I've heard. I think <laughs> they're, they're comedians slash musicians, and like Joey and like they're they're like cannabis icons, you know. Mm-hmm. Like and um, Lincoln with Joey was dope, and like I've been doing stuff with like musicians in LA, and the latest mix that we did was um, two MCs, th- four MCs from UK. Two female MCs out of the United States, two MCs out of Canada, and myself ripping for New Zealand. You know, yeah, all on a mix together. You know, yeah. and like, I, this, is, this is my advice for anybody listening: New Zealand musicians, stop thinking about just your city. Stop yeah. thinking about just the country. Think about the world, because I feel like New Zealand musicians, we focus on New Zealand, New Zealand. I got to crack it here. Your sound might not be for New Zealand. There's so many New Zealand artists and our scene is so small. It's full of tall poppy syndrome. It's full of gatekeepers. And if you're not making it here, go go to the world, man. Don't stop because New Zealand ain't loving you. You've said it right then. And it's funny, like I like I literally have have heard so many people literally share that same message. And it's like, I think New Zealanders are starting to really see it. We've got some amazing Kiwis who who really do represent that, especially in electronic, as you know, your quicks montel, um, even like Milky's. It's 
it's it's cats like this really um helping us all remember and i mean i remember the old house music i was making i'm like wait a minute <laughs> is my shit, shit really bad i mean like i'd chuck it up online and like you know everyone from germany digs it or, you know like signed to like the original labels of dead mouse dior and z i'm like okay maybe my music's quite well received though so it's like yeah it's like a hundred percent like you said it's like it's just incredible because we have the internet like it's actually like because we have amazing internet like obviously probably not in my house <laughs> which is just something <laughs> but that happened to a lot of people on beat fighter and i apologize i'm i'm sort of in my mum's house and <laughs> can't do much but um there's some very cool parts of like new zealand where we we take it for granted like our internet you know like we've got some great internet in areas and like i even you know like people know me for making beats at mcdonald's like it, it, i actually go there because the internet's not as good so i don't get distracted but like you have these different places to like facilitate your music um and and it's like looking at the opportunities we do have to connect us to the world and in ways other people around the world wouldn't have. So we've got that opportunity there, if, if, I guess is what I'm trying to say, eh? Yeah, yeah. And like, you've just got to like, like when I moved up to Palmy, I actually started really like, because there wasn't too much of a scene, I didn't really know that many people. I started looking overseas and that's when I started working with, linking up with different grime and, dubstep producers because at that point I was all about the 140 BPM and uh, it's quite funny because I wanted to be like a grime or a dubstep MC well I was a dubstep MC you know because like drum and bass was like not as big and dubstep was dominating and I actually flew my first ever international DJ over and ran a nine-day nine tour across the country um, at, based in Palmy uh, Filth Collins oh. Filth Collins from Sydney and like we toured all around and like he's he's off the radar now he he ended up giving up music basically we might still be producing but he we toured and we did um because i was in the north island i was like okay i'm based here now i can travel i want to tour around the north i never toured the north i'd only really done around the south island like dunedin queenstown monica and like then that was my first ever north island run and i performed in like hawks bay Tauranga, Hamilton, um, performed at Flow Bar in Hamilton, this OG bar that's gone now, but like, um, it was a bunker bar, it was sick. And like, and then we toured around, we did Palmy, we did Wellington, we did Wanaka, Christchurch, Dunedin. And at the end of it, I was like, I'm going to make big money off this tour to my baby mama. I convinced her, let me bankroll it, you know? And at the end, I was like, oh man, I only broke even. And now I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I break even break on even. that? Break even, yes. How the hell did I break even? I was like, I only broke even. Like, it's like, man. It's impressive, yeah, yeah. No one, like, people don't break even mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, just, yeah, it was, it was an experience, you know, like, so mm. being in, like, sometimes you've just got to look outside your city and your town and find connections and like you've just got to have that perseverance to not stop and all it takes is that one label or that one artist to suddenly go yo this i'm signing this and then you've made it you've cracked it you know and guys like montel and quicks really are like an example of that you know um the right kits exactly bro exactly and I mean, man, just 
like I can't wait to have both those guys on beat final because it's just it's a matter of time and um we've been teeing up with both of them just times and, and it's going to be huge in terms of gems just as we've talked about that real power of knowing the opportunity exists when you're looking at things from a global perspective ever eh, so no nah, it's total over a hundred percent on the global part man like I'm not even sure if Montel's human, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. <laughs> I wonder oh, sometimes too. <laughs> Even yarding with the <laughs> <laughs> Just a music machine. <laughs> it's pretty damn cool, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But no, it's um definitely like it's cool to hear like a lot of that journey for you my bro and sort of you I, I know you mentioned a few names on the sort of inspirations for you growing up in the music and um uh, one thing i just have to celebrate bro because the beat final is all about celebrating and and just you know new zealand artists we just celebrate all all that happens and um seeing the little article on ukf bro oh <laughs> i know that's pretty cool just in terms of how that literally talks about that global presence we're talking about man and um that was kind of just like i guess it kind of just happened at that time but like tell us a little bit about how it all did it just kind of get in, like offered to you or what was the sort of thing well, nice. I first linked up with UKF because I did a tune with my bro Saxon. So my bro Saxon, just after the terror attack in Christchurch, awful fucking situation, and he wrote about it. And I said, thank you for from Christchurch, bro. And he goes, let's spread some love. Give me a message. And he sent me an instrumental, which was a tune he'd already released, um, which had a sample that was like, we are one. And I wrote this tune with him and I was – Literally, like, two days after the terror attack, I wrote this tune, and I recorded it. I recorded I wrote it the day after. I recorded it the day after that. So I was so raw. Mm. So the tune is me and sex, and we are one. And if you listen to that tune, my energy is just on point. Like, you can't replicate the rawness of my lyrics. It's just one of these things, because I felt so helpless as was going on in my city. Yeah, and so we recorded that, and then he was—he's good friends with Dave Jenkins, who's one of the main guys. So Dave Jenkins, he writes for UKF, he presents the DMB Awards, he works for DMB Arena. Um, he's one of probably the biggest DMB journalists in the world. So Dave did this article on us, and then towards the end of the year, like 2019, was quite a prolific year for me. The year before, I had kind of decided, I kind of went away from DMB and I did like some house, some electro, and it and I did some grime, but it just wasn't fitting with me. And one of my mates actually said, Stop making that max key house bullshit and go back to your dirty DMB route. And um, shout out, Muzz. Um, yes, it has to be Muzz. said some way, even if it's that way. <laughs> and I was like, Right. And I made it my mission. And so that was in 2018. I released my tune, Drum and Bass. Then I did Car Bars and Belly Man. And then the next year, I released Grand Fingers Up early in the year. I released another tune called Taking Over. We filmed this massive clip with like me over a weekend with my DJ and what we got up to over just like a busy weekend in Christchurch and Timaru. And then did a few more singles. I released like, I think 
I think I released either four or six videos that year. And I re- I planned to release a tune a month, but it ended up being every two months. And on top of that, I did my biggest winter tour I'd ever done with Resident. I did all around the country and I did my first headline show at Neck of the Woods and um, sold that out, you know. And yeah. as an MC, it's really hard to get booked um, as a headline act in DMB. Yeah. So, I, and then I ended up doing a hanger up in Tauranga. Yes. I'm not Monganui and I was headlining up there. So, I had all these accolades and they've kind of hit me up because New Zealand scene in 2019 was quite a prolific year for New Zealand drum and bass and people starting to go, it's getting crazy over there. People were yeah. really noticing. And at the same time, I was rising and I just jumped back into drum and bass. Mm. And it was just that divine timing that I didn't know drum and bass was about to and pop like that. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it all worked out. And then so Dave goes, I want to talk about your year with you, the year you've had. And we did um, 2019, according to Camo MC, you know, and that was yeah. like, and now like I've got a great relation with Dave. He covered the the Christmas drum and bass album I did, you know, and like, um, it's really cool. Like, I kind of, kind of sometimes have these polarizing views when I have these accolades by UKF interviewing me and then at the same time feeling ignored by the New Zealand music and yes. media industry. How, like, and you, make it, you, think, how, you think, how big does it need to get before it's like, it's like, oh, but like, that's it, bro. I mean, it's, it's almost as big as it can get. So you, it, it's, it's quite healing in a way to know know yourself know your wider it's not about um you know because i was just listening to a podcast today um our good friends shall we say from beat probably i actually got inspired from these kids don't don't give up your day job yeah and there was huia on there and 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 i'm I've, you know because I'm, I'm i'm sort of on that same journey as a young kid coming up really trying to pinpoint okay w- what's happening here why is this happening why is why is everyone bigger overseas in New Zealand? And why are all the, the same old guys from 20 years ago are just up the same on the same awards? Like I'm really pinpointing, it and I can see that like at, at times it, when you, when it comes to stuff like that, you, it's almost like a you get to a point where it's not actually I know myself, I know my wider, and I know who I like. You know, yeah. like how far I've come. Yeah. Like, you you own to be a personal journey, your yeah. own accolade. Like I just. Mm-hmm. Dropped a, got a video that got hosted by Runtings, which is they've got a hundred and fifty thousand followers, subscribers on YouTube, and like they've got like Navigator, Harry Shotter, Fearless, Funster, all the biggest team, Shabba D. So all these massive drum and bass MCs, and I just had my video hosted on there and out on Formation Recordings, and which is like a thirty-year-old drum and bass stable. So DJ SS got sent this tune with me and my Canadian bros. Loved it so much he remixed it, you know? And now I'm on like, there's like Ray Keith, Kenny Ken, Drum Sound, Bassline Smith, like all these like Mm. massive names and with my name alongside them. And it's like, sometimes you need to know, like you're saying within your heart and yourself that you've smashed it and you've got these accolades and if, and if no one else in your country or around you gives you that big ups, you just need to give yourself that big ups and keep going because it'll only get bigger, you know? Yeah. Yes, bro. Yes, bro. Oh, that's something I think so many people listening will enjoy hearing because it's actually like very interesting how many people tuning in to be fun are, are amazing, talented Kiwi musos in their own right who are actually 
enjoying like to see just the beginning of those accolades and, and, and the milestones and and knowing that it is a world audience and you know like I mean I'm certainly aware that there's going to be a lot of Kiwis after when 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 everyone travels again where Kiwis are going to be really just just out there like very very much in the world um and because you know like you said everyone's had the time to like sit and reflect and it's like yeah there's actually some something happening in New Zealand there's some like very talented cats and and it's and it's and it's it's just like you said the divine timing I think there's going to be something very magical for um for everyone here in New Zealand so it's um it's very exciting times Avery. and if there's any drum and bass MCs in New Zealand listening hit me up I'm always looking for more DMB MCs in New Zealand Mm. Like we need to put the MC culture here. There's not enough drum and bass MCs. Everyone wants to be a producer and a DJ, which is fine. But I want to, I want to hear some dope bars on some drum and bass. I don't want to hear some average hype on some drum and bass. I want to hear some good bars, some good hype. I want to hear some MCs mm-hmm. raising the bar over here and pushing the culture forward. So if Thank there's anyone you, listening, hit yes. me up. That's it, brother. You've, well, you've just found the seed and um, that's definitely just going to be something that f- flows. In. And I think, like you said, inspires people to really go out and, and start to sort of craft something very, very, um, very special. So I feel it's the same thing, brother, on um, even sort of a lot of people wanting to become DJs, producers, but I'm, I'm trying to sort of hunt down people who are into scoring, film score, and um, and, and just like there's, there's more young people that can be in that space too. So I totally feel you, brother. It's about lifting all areas and, uh, and yeah, just letting New Zealand be on the world stage, eh, bro? <laughs> yeah, and I've just seen another um, another Palmy boy, the bro Mikey. He's, Mikey, damn, he's smashing it at the moment, bro. It's right, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I remember him coming up to me and like at like DMB shows at Mr. Q's being like, gives a jam on the mic, cousin. You know? Yeah, fresh ears, brother. <laughs> yeah, the doing stuff for like 660 in that. I'm like, yeah. whoa, man. That's right. That's right. There's some very cool palmy. Um, yeah, talent that's just, yeah, just really rising there. And, and, and singer songwriter stuff. It's not always, you know, like, <laughs> If you can write music you, and maybe you're not, maybe you're introverted and you don't want to be like the rock star, you know, like there's, there's so many angles you can take. Like I'm a show pony. I love being the rock yeah, star, you know, yeah. but like not everyone loves that attention and that performance. So there's so many different areas in the music media industry you can go in, like from producing to like writing to like, there's so many, like you said, like scoring, you know, like there's so many different, and not scoring, not scoring drugs, right. guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called music score. Not other score. That is a job as well, you know. But it's a hundred percent, brother. But man, it's it's quite cool because I know you've met so many people in the New Zealand music community, and I think what's probably one of the most one of the biggest biggest highlights for you has been that for bro. So like, um, I mean, I know we can't name everyone in New Zealand all at once, but uh, has there been anyone who's really you just wanted to share some total or like appreciate what they do as in particular, or just everyone in general? <laughs> oh man, like people, I'll tell you a cool story that was cool, man. Was like I was up in um Welling uh, Nelson chilling, and I was supposed to have like a weekend off, like relaxing. 
uh, chilling with like a wahine, just like going to beaches, like like respite time. I was on vacation, and then I was like, oh, I might network with the locals. And then I found out Salmonella Dub were playing, and um, the brother Lawton Corder um, was there, and he's been doing stuff with Salmonella Dub, and I messaged him, and he was on the bill. So what happened was we went there, and I went as a punter. I got my name on the door. And then I was in the crowd, and then my bro, uh, Booth, who's a security guard, he goes, Camo, gives me a big hug, gives me a backstage pass. So I'm on the dance floor, and then Lawton Corder goes on the mic, and he's like, pick up the brother Camo on the crowd. Oh. And like, the whole front row turned around and looked at me. I had like an anxiety attack. I was like, oh, man, like everyone's looking at me. I was like, I'm going backstage. And then um, I chilled with Lawton. No. And he was like, he got off the stage and he was like, bro, he was yelling to me, he's like, do you want a hoon? And then like ended up getting on the mic with him and like Salmonella Dub sound system, like like quarter and Sal Dub. And like, although I'm a bit of an OG, those guys are kind of the OG to my OG, you know, mm-hmm. like they're the, they're the forefathers really. So yes. for me, like the community, um, People like that, like Tiki Tane and a lot of other artists, Conkle Dawn, um, who I've toured with and did a churn with me and like has really been prolific in helping get my name out there, giving me opportunities. Um, I think like a lot of the old guard that were around before me, like King Homeboy. Um, mm, can't wait to have like, so, many, so many people, like you said, I could, like this could go on and on, but like those are like the real prolific ones and like, um and sorry to anyone that i'm, I'm forgetting but like there's yeah. so many so because many. and like for me being a new school cat like sunshine sound system all these cats that i'd looked up to just at mc mana like taking me under their wing the nomad daemon like they took me under their wing and like really gave me opportunities and um oh andre from truth urban notion like mm-hmm. The Truth Crew, when they were doing drum and bass in Christchurch before they were doing Truth, like so many people gave me opportunities, yeah. but I had the passion. And, um, but like, I that's why I always give back to other up and comers because that's what's been handed to me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, yeah. and I believe I'm a strong believer for me to keep that. I need to keep giving it away. Yeah. So I try my best to, I like to mentor people and work with them, but they've got to. They've got to put in the mahi too. So yeah. if they lose contact with me and they're not chasing me up, I'm like, oh, you're not ready. Yeah. You're not keen enough. Exactly. You know, it's about perspective and that sense, bro. Like, you know, it's your time. And and you know, when you've put in those years, it's like, yeah, the last thing you want is to kind of like not have someone who can see that. You know, so Toad Talker, bro, hundred percent, man. It's 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 so cool. And and I mean, it was the same way you were doing it when you were sort of um, you know, getting kits that um you know would help you out is you know you you have to put that part in yourself and and show just you know that you're genuinely in there so it's it's super cool bro and i've been doing the definitely been doing the same thing production wise and even djing and it's it's very rewarding to know that i mean you know you you know the the help that was given to you it's it just feels right you know carrying on what 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 helps you there you know yeah for sure and it's and it's like yeah and it's just I don't forget how I was treated and what the people did for me. And I feel like the scene is a lot more ruthless now um, than it was back then. A lot more cold. It's a lot more full of clout and clout chases because it's a lot bigger now, you know? And Mm. like, so everybody wants to be the man, you know, like, Mm. or the woman, Mm. but 
To be yeah. honest, it's mostly the guys bringing the ego. Like, there's yeah. not really much of the wahini with the ego. I'm going to be real, yeah, man. Yeah, like, exactly. It's a um, clip. I've actually got a tune on my new EP, um, which I was talking about earlier. It's called No Ego, No More. And it just kind of talks about, it just calls out ego in the drum and bass scene and just like, you know, and like the, the lead lines, like one love is the jungleist culture, you know, and it's just wow. like, yeah. like, don't forget, like, like, I've got, yeah, like, mm. if Tiki Pane and like P Money can be humble, yeah. so can somebody be guys. <laughs> oh, I, we saw that at um, Roundhead when they did the producer series and the one, the one workshop that I could get time off work for and uh, and make was P money and and uh, and and yeah the first thing that happens we all in that room is he's just like he's just the most humblest kit you could think of in terms of everyone oh, yeah. asking staff and he's just down to help and 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 that's that's something that I walked away from, like you know approach everyone talked to him except me and a couple others who were like super super humble back but you know like not not to say that but you know in, in a sense it was very cool to just take notes and and to really just realize how how long that kits like him and and, and all those kits we've mentioned have been in the game and are no different to how the you know the first day on and and that's exactly um i think the real key gem for everyone tuning in is is you know, there's some things you can't put a price on, you know, you, you know, for the clout chase, for all of that. There are just those parts that you realize when you get old and you start to realize, like, if you can take a gym while you're young, it's some things you can't put a price on. And that I know that feeling for us all of being able to pass that baton that we got passed on. Oh, it's, it's a very rewarding feeling, isn't it, my bro? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll just say, Work hard, stay humble, but don't stay too humble. Back yourself, but just mm -hmm. be open. Be open. And when the connection presents itself, and when the opportunity presents itself, step up. Just step up yeah, and take it. Don't be scared to just take it. Even if you sink, you know, jump in the deep end. You know, like yeah. don't wait and go like, oh, I'm waiting for the right moment. Like, so producers are the worst for it, bro. Yeah. They will hold on to tunes on tracks that are just going to sit there for the next, the, yeah, they're one. never going to get used. Yeah, and then it's just like, you don't need to hold on, bro. No one else is going to take it. <laughs> just go. <laughs> or just not, yeah, just send it out. Like, you're not, you're going to release music that's not your perfect music. And like, that's okay. Just get it out there. Yeah. Do it. Do it. It's 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 worth it. <laughs> it's so worth it. It's better than it sitting in your project files and never getting used. <laughs> right, it's getting darker, eh? I'm sitting like you can barely see my face anymore. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool, G. It's cool. But man, sort of wrapping things up, my bro. Um, we can't yeah. forget. I did mention earlier on. Uh, yes, so you're coming to Palmy, eh, bro? <laughs> Yeah, so um, opening for Brucey, which I'm very excited about. Um, and like, because Brucey is smashing it in terms of MCs. He's on a similar path to me. Oh, turned on the vacuum on his <laughs> He's on a similar path to me, like being more like a DB MC where you're the front man and the DJ is kind of in the background. And it's like, it's not that the DJ is in the background. Um, so I'm doing a set with the brother IZT. Uh, we're going to open up. Yeah, the bro Isaac. We're going to do a set together. We're going to catch up. Hopefully, maybe have a chat tonight. We're going to talk about how we're going to run the set. But it's going to be like me. Meet, we're going to meet each other halfway. It's going to be an IZT, 
and Camo MC set. Mm. I'm going to be opening for Brucey. It's such a massive night of Palmy talent. You know, you got NDNZ in there. Yes. You got the brother Cody Hugh in there as well. Um, yes. um, there's MC, I think it's Introspect or Inspect. Yo, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Wow. So one of those Sorry yeah. to Parvi. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's full local lineup, brother. You're sweet, man. Parvi loves <laughs> Parvi loves just the fact you're here, brother. So that we're super, super excited. And um, as we mentioned, brother, this is gonna be up. So if you're tuning in, you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, the Royal Hotel. I'm surprised that building is still standing. Holy shit, man. The Royal Hotel. I've even part of in the hotel part, man. I know they might have renovated it. That was a long time ago. Still got the hotel too, G. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I'm stoked to be at the world. It is a prolific palmy venue. It must be like yeah. 20, 30. I don't even know how old that venue is, man. Like yeah, yeah, coming up to 30 at least. Wow. <laughs> Before my time anyway. <laughs> yeah, so pretty. And that's on the 14th, Friday the 14th. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna go hard. Oh. It's going to go hard. I got confused because the bros told me it was the 15th. Yeah. And yeah. then when they sent me my plane ticket, and I looked at the file, my bros, this is the 14th. They must have moved it somewhere, but yeah, forgot yeah. to tell me. But it's all good. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there. Still, I'll, yeah. I'll catch my flight. I'll be there, Pummy. Uh, that's it. So if you tuned in, um, yeah, yeah, make sure you get get in there. And uh, yeah, again, super stoked to have you, my man. And um, I know for the rest of your gigs coming up as well, um, for everyone tuned in, make sure you stay locked, brothers, um, sisters, because you're going to be able to find the bro, um, hopefully coming to your town. And um, and yeah, man, sort of any final words on um, any yeah new music to come or yeah any gigs in particular. I'm just about to be working on uh, my next release is an EP coming out on Noxious Records in the UK. It's got like four different producers. Uh, I think it's five, maybe six different MCs all from the UK. It's called Rave Etiquette. It's all about educating. It's all about a tune, educating the next generation on how to behave in raves and love and respect. I'm shooting the video this weekend, taking over a classroom at the local polytechnic. Uh, thanks to my bro Tim who's actually VJ for Shapeshifter but he works in the post-production course there and um, he's one of my good bros and he's letting me use a classroom to film a video we filmed a video in a classroom before so watch out for that the Noxious EP Wave yeah. Etiquette EP coming out I'm going to be releasing like non-stop music this year like I've got yeah. I'm pretty much done. I'm working on releases for July and I'm just taking it one month but I've got a whole lot of labels a whole lot of MCs and I'm um, NZ, DMB, producers, MCs. If you want to link up, if you want any advice, if you want to collab, hit me up. Camu MC, I'm on Insta, I'm on Facebook, I'm on, don't really use Snapchat, I'm even on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I'm even on TikTok. <laughs> you can find me. I'm getting people coming up to me at gigs now and going, oh, Camu, I follow you, I love your TikToks. You got to be on everything now, man. Wow. You got to be everywhere. So you yeah. find, you'll find me, you'll find me, you'll find me, crew. I'm the most, I may be called Camo MC, but I'm not that camouflage. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, no, well, that, 
that there, everyone, was uh, Kerry on Beat Whanau. Super, super blessed to have you still support Beat Whanau, have helped us get this far. And um, yeah, if you like this um, koiro, make sure you share it out with your whanau, with your friends, um, to make sure we can continue spreading the testimony here in New Zealand, Aotearoa music. And if you would like to support us, uh, you can find us on all our social, but also uh, we take donations. We have some merch coming up very soon. So without further ado, that's been Beat Whanau Podcasts. Peace and love, Fano.